Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about his death. We're going to talk about some of those things. But we've been walking with him. We've been on a journey. And on that journey, it's been amazing because this journey has been leading us places that, to be honest with you, at the beginning, I didn't even know that we were going to be going in these certain directions and in these places and in things in the future. And we've been walking on this journey. We've been walking with Jesus. And we've been finding out all kind of interesting things. And this morning, we're going to find out really the purpose of this journey we've been going on. A part of the purpose. I'll call this part A of the purpose. Part B will be next week. But part A of the purpose of why we've been, why we've been taking this journey. And it's funny because um, when, if we're not careful when we take this journey in life and we begin to pray about certain things, if we're not careful, we're going to pray things and build in us a consciousness and a mindset that's not biblical. And so this morning we're going to be talking about the anointing. We're going to be talking about that. Because how many of you know the life of Jesus was that he came to demonstrate to us how we are supposed to live? Okay, so when Jesus came, he demonstrated to us how we are to walk and live. And so if we're not careful, we'll pray things like, Lord, be with us. When Jesus said, I would never leave you nor forsake you. In Hebrews chapter 13, he says this. He said, well, this isn't even part of my message, but I'm going to go there anyway. He said, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, he said, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with what such things you have. For he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. So when we pray, Lord, be with us. Lord, be with us. Lord, be with us. What are we doing? We're developing and building in ourselves a consciousness that actually resists and doesn't tap in to what God's already made available to us. So now when you wake up, you say, Lord, be with us. Lord, be with us. Lord, be with us. Listen, it's serious. Because then we wake up and we have a consciousness that he's not with us. When he himself said, I would never leave you. Never. Do you know what that word never means? Never. Now, I know our heart. I know what we mean. But it's time for us to get out of this. Well, you know what I mean. It's time for us to say and declare what he said and what we mean. Don't pray, Lord, be with us. Why not say this? Lord, thank you that you're with me. Every place that I go, you're with me. You see the difference? Come on, let's just try it out. Lord, as we leave this place today, we ask that you be with us. That's door number one. Door number two is, Lord, as we leave this place, I thank you that you are with us. And when we go to eat chicken, you're with us. And when we go to the gas station, you're with us. And when people say, well, I don't feel like he's with us, we remind him. It don't matter what you feel like, he's with you. Close your eyes and just imagine that for a moment. He's with us. Every place that the sole of our feet shall tread, he has given to us. He's with us. And so when, if we're not careful, we develop these mindsets and they affect everything. John, John chapter 15, verse 11, he said this. 
I'm going to read the 11 and then I'm going to back up. He said, these things I have spoken to you that your joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Joy comes from knowing what God has said about us, for us, and to us. Joy does not come from the repetition of always praying, always fasting, always doing some religious work, and that's where we get our sustenance. But if we're not careful, that's exactly where we'll get it. So we'll walk around thinking that if we pray harder, if we believe harder, if we fast harder, then we'll be more anointed. We'll be closer to God. But that's not true. How can you get closer to somebody who's already in you? Now you can be more aware of him. You can be more sensitive to him, but you can't get no more of him. That's like saying, Lord, I want to I I be a new person. Will you, are you saved? Then you're new. What our challenge is, is taking this old right here between the ears. I heard somebody say something that when Jesus, when Jesus was baptized, the heavens broke open. They split the heavens. And a sound from voice and the light and the, the, the anointing like the dove came down. The Holy Spirit like a dove came down. And from heaven all people heard, This is my beloved Son in whom... I am well pleased. And so if we're not careful, we think that by what we do, we're trying to crack open the heavens and attain this level of sonship and approval that he's already given us. So then when the Holy Spirit came in the Acts chapter 2, it says what? The sky split and there was a dove-like in the upper room, and they all were filled with the Holy Spirit, you can't get no more of the Holy Spirit than what's already in you. It's like when you get saved, there's all this water is poured into your cup. You have the Holy Spirit. But when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, now you take that cup and you put it inside of a swimming pool. So now you're immersing yourself. You're allowing the Holy Spirit now to flow out of your life to such a degree that it's contagious to everyone around you. That's what he's trying to get through us. That's what he's trying to get to us. 1 John chapter 1. You just go there real quick. 1 John chapter 1, he says this. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. See, we, we look at the life. It's important because if we're taking this journey, come on, if we're taking this journey, we need to see the reality of how Jesus walked. Because it wasn't just to show you that Jesus, to show you what he did so that we all can be saved. No, he was demonstrating to us how we are supposed to live and walk and act in this earth. And so if the life and the glory and the manifest presence of God was upon Jesus, then guess what? 
with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son Jesus. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Why? Where's the fullness of joy? The fullness of joy is in the manifest presence of God Almighty made available to us that we can walk in just like Jesus did. Jesus is walking, and he's walking, and there's crowds of people trying to get to him. They're touching him. They're grabbing him. They're, Jesus, I got a question. Jesus, what about, Jesus, what? And he's walking, and all of a sudden he stops and goes, who touched me? Everybody was touching him. Somebody touched me. Oh, man, I heard this, and my spirit just leapt. He said, he stopped and said, who touched me? And the disciples, being the great, wise, and smart, ingenious people that they are, said, what do you mean, who touched you? Everybody's trying to touch you. And he said, no, 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 no. He was so aware of the manifest presence of God that when someone made a demand on that presence, he recognized it and realized that manifest presence had gone out of him. And all she did was touch. And that was just enough for him to go, oh, stop everything. Some, or somebody touched me. Now, is, that's, just, that's a great story. That's a wonderful story. But I don't know about you, but it makes me jealous. Because I want to walk by and just be like, oh, man, I'm so hot. I want to throw this off. And somebody, somebody gets healed. So I can get the glory? No, because the manifest presence of God was made unto us for the purpose of getting people recognized and having an encounter with the kingdom of God. That's why he said the kingdom of God is at hand means all you got to do is reach up and grab it. And that's the same manifest presence that Jesus carried with him. He carried this everywhere he went. And he was sensitive to it. He was so, is it possible that we can become so sensitive to the, so conscious of the manifest presence of God within us, the anointing within us, that we sense when it departs and leaves and goes into someone else? What you and I are conscious about, we will tap in, we are positioned to release. What's this got to do with the journey? I'm getting there. This is just my introduction. There's an anointing that was on Jesus, and that anointing is the same anointing that is on us, or in us, and through us, and for us, and to us, and ability for us to walk in this anointing. But if we don't recognize that that's the same anointing that was on Jesus, we'll miss the whole thing. Jesus said, how many times did he say, as I am? Do we believe that? I'm, man, I'm telling you, what we, what we give our attention to, what we give our consciousness to, we access the ability to release. So if we're, if we're conscious of God with us, 
Just don't even go any further. Just stop saying, God, be with us. Come on, y'all come dismiss us for prayer. Somebody says, hey, would you close us in prayer? Don't say, God, be with us. Let us do this together. Will you, will you, will you do this for me together? Can we say, Lord, help us align our mouth with the realities of heaven? Lord, heal me. Lord, here's another one. I got one for you. Ready? Lord, bless me. We don't have time to go down there. He said, I would never... He said, the, listen, it, it, it's, it, it's expedient, guys, listen to me. You don't understand, but if I don't go, my Father is not going to send the one to you that you need. Because me and of myself, he laid aside his, he laid aside his, he laid aside his divine rights and became like a man. He didn't become a man, he became like a man. So he retained the ability to be separated from the sin nature but maintain the ability to walk as a man, which gave us the clue that we could walk like Jesus walked. I mean, why else are we here? If what I want to be, I want to be more like you, Jesus. Well, the la- Jesus raised people from the dead. He healed people. He anointed. When he walked into a room, people felt the presence. We want to be more like Jesus. He cast out the demons. That, that, that nobody else could cast out. Why? Because he had more power? No, because he was more conscious of it. And the demons were more conscious of the fact that he was more conscious. And they said, uh, John I know, and Jesus I know. I don't know who you are. Do you see that the realities of what, even, even in First John, the, the, the Apostle John, what he was trying to convey to us was, listen, this is that you're, I'm telling you these things that your joy may be full. What? That the manifest presence of God was made available to us. So you think I'm kidding about chicken. You think I'm kidding that when you leave here and you go to Kentucky Fried Chicken or you go to, uh, you go to Old Times or you go to, what's that other place you like? Corral. You go to Golden Corral or wherever it is you go to get chicken. When you walk into that place... You're carrying the life-giving, dead-raising power of God. When you're laying in your bed and you feel as anointed as a wet rag, you still carry the presence of God. And you can, listen here, listen to me, you can release the presence of God through a text message. technology. If Jesus was here, I'm going to tell you right now, he'd probably have the latest iPhone <laughs> because it's a powerful, powerful me to get the word out. <clears throat> the manifest presence, the glory of God. Listen, I know your heads are like, what? what? L- listen, just listen to me. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in people that fast a lot, pray a lot, and go to church a lot. The same power. See, because what happens with religion 
is when you and I begin to take on form rather than function, we begin to worship the process rather than the product. Come on, somebody. And then we get ourselves into a religious act, and we think that the power comes from the process. No. The power comes from the position. The power, the anointing, comes from the person of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray none of me and all of you. And it's like, I mean, think of it from a father's perspective. He's standing up there and he hears us say that and he goes, Well, I had none of you. But I made you so that I could manifest my presence through you. Now, in this day and age, is not the time where you and I need to pray less of me. More of me. More of him through more... Listen, come on. Y'all just checked out on that one. More of him through more of me. What does that mean? That means he created Langston. I'm using you because you're right here and I love you. He created Langston with all his quirks that I love. He's peculiar. You say, he's weird. Have you looked in the mirror? I ain't met a person yet that isn't peculiar. Everybody's got peculiarities. He made Langston to be Langston. Just Langston. There's no one else in the world like Langston. We go, man, you know, there's not a snowflake in the world that's alike. They're all different. And yet, when it comes to being people, we want to try to blend ourselves in to be one person. No, that's the dynamic that he created was you individually. Now, he wants all of Langston to be expressed with all of God. He said, he prayed in Ephesians, Paul said, that the, that, that, that the fullness that we might know the surpassing knowledge of him that loved, that we might know this love, that we might know and come to understand something that's uncomprehendable, incomprehensible. How can you do that? Because the Spirit of God accesses the divine realm that you and I can't access in the natural. None of me, all of you. Well, what about 2 Corinthians 5.17? If anyone is in Christ, he's a what? So what's the new creature for? Because the old creature can't carry the new wine. The new creature can carry the new wine because it can expand and contract. He's trying to get us to see that the manifest presence and the kingdom of God can be accessed right here, right now, at any time. But it's for the purpose of releasing it. Maybe the reason why the heavens aren't open to us at times is because we're not tapping into the fact that the heavens have already been made available to us, in us, through us. Maybe it's right here. Because we are so conscious of ourselves and the flesh. We are so con Everything we feed on, everything we talk about, everything we do feeds on us. Us, 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 us. You got to get right. 
You got to stop living. Stop thinking like that. Stop thinking like that. You got to quit doing this. You got to quit doing that. And then what do we do? We build a consciousness in and of ourselves that we've got to do something. So then when we go to tell somebody, what do we tell them? Listen, your journey today will involve dying. Let me just get that out. Jesus died on the cross, and guess what? You're going to have to die too. There are some things that we have to die to. There are some thoughts that I had to die to. And when I see somebody and they're not living right, I have to die to the fact that this righteousness comes up in me and goes, well, you ought to live right. Well, if, and it's almost like, it's almost, I hear the Holy Spirit say, <clears throat> well, if you tell them about me, then they'd have the ability to live right. Live right. As if anybody in the Old Testament was even capable of living right. We went through that. That ship sailed. We saw that. Everybody's got the t-shirt and yet we still try to do it. Even the Galatians. He told the Galatians, he said, you're so fo- you're foolish. You know, what the, you know what the real root word meaning of the word foolish is? Stupid. He said, you're stupid. You started this whole thing with freedom and grace, and now you think you're going to attain and keep it with works. Who has bewitched you? Show my pity to fool who has bewitched you. Some of these folks don't even know what I just said. They don't even know Mr. T. I'm really showing my age now. I never thought I would say that. I'm showing my age. Mr. T, who's that? Some of you don't even know what the little telephone jack is in the wall with that little square thing. You go, what is that? What is that? What is that? Where I plug my computer in, my USB cable? No, that's what they call a telephone. My girl. My girls picked up a tape cassette the other day and they go, Daddy, what's this? I go, that is MP3 in its earliest format. I said, man, if something was good, you had to stop, rewind, and press play. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody now. Or you could leave it playing and it would go. You know what I'm talking about. And now because of the digital age, you you rewind and it goes. So we carry these things and we carry these mindsets and then we try to give a cassette tape to somebody when we live in a digital Jesus. Who watches commercials anymore? I mean, seriously. I mean, like indignation comes up within me when I, you forced me to watch a commercial. I rebel against commercials. I am so rebellious against commercials that I will stop the TV and pause and record and go do some manual labor and come back so I don't have to watch your stupid commercial. But yet, in this realm, in this world we live in, we're still feeding people and making them wait for the thing that's already been granted and given to us. What if, what if we become so conscious of what is in us that we become aware when people need to make a demand 
on the kingdom of God. Because that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I have come that you might what? So what if we become so conscious of that that we, we are aware when people are demanding life without them even saying it? John chapter 12. No, let's go to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. You with me? We're taking a journey. Come on, we're going to get there. Give me a few minutes. Mark chapter 14. After two days, verse 1, it was the Passover in the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by trickery and put him to death. But they said, no, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar of the people. So his popularity had become to such a degree that they didn't want to do it for the feast. They didn't want to do it for the Passover because everybody knows what Passover is. That's when we, the Jewish people celebrate when God passed over the children of Israel in Egypt because of the blood on the doorpost, and he passed over them. And so they celebrate that feast every year, the Passover. It's ironic that Jesus showed up at Passover. Why? Because he's the ultimate lamb. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask, a very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it must have been sold for more than 300 denarii. Yes. And given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always. And whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me, you do not always have. She has come what... What she has done, I'm sorry, she has done what she could. Some of you think what you got's not enough. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. So let me run through this. Let me give you these three things that I saw. Number one. The anointing, the manifest power, the presence, the glory of God is going to be rested upon you and poured upon you in the place that you're, how can I say it? It's going to be in the place that God's called you. It's going to be in the place of comfort. See, you remember when Jesus started, when we started this journey, week one when we started this journey, and we said that your provision comes in the place that God's called you, right? And that we're provisioned, remember the donkey was in Bethany, not in Bethany. It was in Bethphage, not in Bethany. Bethany was the familiar place. Bethany was the place of comfort. Bethany was the place of rest. Jesus, anytime he traveled, he always managed to go to Bethany. This was his home. This was his place of refuge. The anointing is always going to be found in your place of refuge. 
It's not going to be placed, it's not going to be found in a person. It's not going to be found in an anointing. It's going to be found in that place that God has called you, which is the place of refuge. I didn't say comfort, but comfort comes with that place. Jesus was in Bethany, and the woman broke this oil, which is the anointing, and poured it on him, getting him ready for burial. And they got so mad and so angry with because this was the equivalent of a one-year salary. So let's say it was what? Anywhere in today's society was anywhere in the range of thirty to maybe $50,000, somewhere around there. And she poured it out on his head. Could you imagine the whole room being filled with that fragrance? And they got mad. Which Matthew, Matthew's being gentle. I'm sorry, Mark's being gentle. John, on the other hand, names the guy. You want to take a wild guess at who it was? Judas. Greed will always try to distract from the anointing. Greed will always try to take credit, try to take something that the anointing wants to give because greed is all about lack. And the disciples went along with Judas. And they criticized her sharply. And Jesus said, listen, this is amazing to me. If you can get yourself wrapped around this. Jesus said, listen, the anointing is more important than people that are poor. He said, you have the poor with you always. And anytime you want to, you can do good. But I am only here for... listen." You can do all the things in the world. There are philanthropists all over the world trying to attain this glorious salvation through all their trillions of dollars and billions of dollars that they give to all these needy people and try to eradicate poverty. And Jesus said the answer is not in giving it to them. The answer is in the anointing. He's trying to get them to see. Take your eyes off of what you see. But the demands of, there will always be somebody trying to demand something of you when you're trying to get the anointing. You remember Mary and Martha? This is their house. And apparently Martha learned her lesson. He said, Martha, Martha, you are troubled about many things, but Mary has chose that thing which is what? Needful. You and I need. To sit at the feet of Jesus. This thing that's in me now that I'm, that I'm really just, it's just in me. Is, is, is this expectancy that I don't want to do anything unless the Holy Spirit is leading me to do it. Because that's where the life, Jesus told the disciples. He said, he said, behold, I give you power. This is one of the last times, this is one of the last times he met with him. He said, behold, before his burial, I mean, before his death, he said, behold, I give you power. And then, you know, when you say that to somebody, the very next thing that you do would be a great demonstration of that power. The very next thing he did was breathe on them the Holy Spirit. Telling me that the life of the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in everything that we do, every aspect of our life. Even down to what you wear, the Holy Spirit is there to be involved in your life. If you can grab that, then when it comes time to snatch somebody out of the grave, you're there because you already listened to them about your shoes. Oh, the women, I got a good amen on that one. The men was like, what you talking about? 
if we'll listen to him in the little things in our life because it's not in unimportant to him. It is very important to him. He desires to be intricately involved in every detail and facet of our life. And if we'll tap into that, then when it comes time, we will have conditioned ourselves and developed a consciousness that he's with us. And so when he says, breathe, lay hands, smack somebody, and I'll heal them, you're ready. Just when you breathe on them, make sure you got a mint. The anointing is found in the place of belonging. That's where Jesus was. He belonged there. The place of where they gathered. The place of spiritual familiarity. It's the place where the life was. My God, he raised Lazarus from the dead and that was whose house he was in. His whole family, everybody was, this was his peeps. This was his people. The anointing is going to be strengthened in your life when you surround yourself with people, your people. How do you know your people? It bypasses your mind. You don't understand it, but it's your people. You get around somebody and you don't feel them as your people. Now listen to me. I don't mean, I don't mean that you're not socializing or that you're not walking in love, that you create this whole inner identity of yourself. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the place where I'm fixing to get to, the place of spiritual familiarity. When life gets hard, you don't run to your people that kind of know you. You don't get on Facebook to the person that you Facebooking every now and then. You go to the person that is in your life. My wife, she's not here this morning. She is resting and uh, hasn't felt good. But when the, when the stuff hits the fan, they pick up the phone and they call her. They're not Facebooking. They're not messaging. They're calling her. When I have people in my life today that when the going gets tough, people that I ain't talked to in a while, I mean months, they'll call me and I'll go, okay, and I may not, you know, I may not feel like it. Maybe I'm the only one. Did you see that phone and you see somebody calling you go, man. I just sat down. I got my chicken. I'm fixing to watch my show. But they need you when they need you. Are they pulling? Are you conscious and aware of the fact that picking up that phone may be the meaning, may be the difference between them dying and them living? Because they've tried everything else. She tried everything else. Spent all the money she had. And you know what we want to do? Oh, so now you want to call me. Is that what Jesus said? Jesus said, who touched me? And he looked at her and go, oh. <laughs> what now? <laughs> you done spent all your money. I saw you at church four months ago.
child. That, that wasn't who Jesus was. Matter of fact, he would end up, he ended up beating people that talked to people like that. You made my father's house a house, a den of thieves. Jesus didn't come to steal anything. He came to give life. For the second, third, fourth, fifth, seventeenth time, he came to give life. And when she'd reached all she, she knew, there was only one thing. That person calling you, is they pulling? The question is, are you tapped in? Are you conscious of that? This is all great and wonderful. And we'll leave here and go, man, that was a good message. But when the phone rings, do you realize that they're calling you? They're not calling me. This isn't about me. This isn't about you. It's about them. It's about them. And you and I got to get beyond this religious mess that the world tries to sell us and get to the place where we recognize that we have all that we need in us to break the bondages and destroy the yokes. She would, this lady was confident in her gifts. When you get confident in your gifts, the anointing is released. When you're comfortable with your gift, when you're comfortable and you say, Lord, this is all I got, but I honor you, uh, I will exalt you, Lord. I will exalt you, Lord. There is no one like you, God. And you give it down, and then what happens? The anointing is released. And now you're able to bring deliverance to some. You may got bondage in your own life. If you would just set your bondage to the side and help somebody, you'll find that the freedom of release comes through that. If you get your mind off yourself. Am I preaching to myself? We live in a world and an age where we're constantly seeing somebody that's doing something greater than we are. Especially with media. You know, how many of you running at your church? What you got going on? What is this? What is it? We're constantly bombarded with this thing. And I just want to live out of the life of God and say, Holy Spirit, you lead us. You guide us on this journey. She was confident. Do you realize? Do you recognize that this woman was so confident in her gift? And the disciples, the men that walked with Jesus, thought she was crazy. And Jesus said, this woman's testimony, anytime anybody reads about it, and we're reading about it now, and we're still hearing about that woman's testimony. Why? Because she brought, listen. <clears throat> A woman came, flask costly oil, she broke it up and said, but there was some who, and, the, and, the, and, and he criticized, they criticized her, and she, where is it at? For it might have been sold for her and gave it to the poor, but Jesus said, let her alone. She has done a good work, for you have the poor with you always, but you don't always have me with you. She has done what she could What can you do? Mm. 
All he's asking you to do is bring what you can. Shakiria, that's all he's asking. What can you do? Not what you should do. Not what you want to do. What's in your heart to do? What can you bring? This woman, that's all she had. That's all she could bring. You remember the woman, the widow with the mite? That's what she could do. It's not about the amount. It's about, what, it's about exalting him. It's about giving to him the honor that's due him. That's what it's about. My question to you is, are you bringing what you can to God? I'm so tempted to just say all kind of stuff. Her confident gift was recorded forever. Stop focusing on what somebody else has got. Stop judging what somebody else gives. That ain't yours. Oh, that was a lot of money. She could have given that to the poor. What difference does it make? It ain't your money anyway. Are you jealous, maybe? Maybe a little mad that you didn't get the money in your box so you could continue to siphon off money? Judas? Hater? Be careful, because the enemy will show up. Say, man, I can't believe they gave the pastor. I can't believe they gave the bishop that watch. Be careful. People always say, you could give to the poor, you could give to the poor, you could give to the poor. Look at who said it. Jesus didn't say it. Judas. You really want to be in that company? If she had done something wrong, wouldn't Jesus have said something? Now listen, I know you're trying, but you shouldn't have done that. Because a lot of people that could have eaten. The problem wasn't food. The problem wasn't resources. I mean, my God, Jesus would just take some little boy's lunch and feed everybody. He would take the fish and say, Peter, go get the coin and pay the taxes. It's not, it's not the issue. The, the issue is the anointing. He said, you look at all this stuff, but she's done good. She's anointing me for my burial. It's the anointing that we should be protecting. Because out of that flows the life. Listen, I'm so off my notes, but you're, you're living your life and you're taking that alabaster gift and you're not doing anything with it. Because you're trying to protect it and you're trying to save it and you're trying to invest it. And the Lord is saying, if you will give me that gift, the anointing which you long for, the anointing which you were created for, will be released in your life. I just want to give it all, I just want to give it all to God. Now you can say that. Don't say less of me, more of you. More of you through me. Everything I do, I want to be an expression of the kingdom of God. Everything that I access, I want to access from heaven. Everything that I say, I want to say like Jesus. I only say what I hear my Father say. I only do what I see my Father do. And Jesus is walking and he's living his life and he demonstrates to us that your gift 
given to the king of kings is an, is, is, it lasts forever. He said, anytime, do you realize we're going to be in heaven and anytime somebody reads this, there that woman is, she'd probably be living, oh, that was me. That was me. And the Lord goes, that's right. John chapter 18. Jesus goes to the garden. This is my second point and then we'll close. Jesus goes to the, to the garden to pray. And he asks his disciples to come with him. Not all of them. The ones that he was spiritually familiar with. The ones that bring covenant. That he asked his people. You realize you can be discipling people. But when Jesus went through the most trying thing in his life, he grabbed the ones that are closest to him. And what did he say? He said, my, listen, I, I got to get this out. John chapter 18. Verse 6. No. When, before I read verse 6, listen to me. Jesus goes to the garden and he, he brings Peter and James and John, what many believe, Peter, James and John, and he says, will you pray with me because my spirit is vexing. You want the anointing in your life? You want the anointing to flow to such a degree that when people, you're sensitive of it? Point number two, you got to be vulnerable. Even Jesus, listen to me guys, even Jesus was vulnerable. And he said to his disciples, he said, will you pray with me? And they fell asleep on him. But he said, will you pray with me? Will you pray with me? Because my spirit vexes. I'm troubled in my spirit. And he went to pray and he woke up and he came to them and they were sleeping. He said, could you not just tarry with me an hour? And then they said, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. And he goes away and begins to pray again. And what happens? They fall asleep again. Jesus was vulnerable. I'm fixing to blow your socks off with what vulnerability does. I was vulnerable this morning. What's she say? Anybody looking for the good? I don't know why everyone's hand didn't go up. Talking about, yeah, I'm looking for the good in my life. I'm looking for the good. There are things that I'm looking for. And you, you're vulnerable. Jesus said, Father, if there be any other way. I'm saying something to you because there's something that you're holding on to that you want to keep. You don't want that cup. You, you, don't, you want that cup to pass before you. You don't want to drink of that cup because when you drink of that cup, it's going to hurt. No, it's not. Jesus bore all the pain that you'll ever have to. He took it so you and I don't have to. But the dying, now that, that's, you got to die to that. And so Jesus was vulnerable. Some of you don't, you wouldn't be vulnerable if your life depended on it. You wouldn't tell nobody. Nothing. What's going on with you? Oh, nothing. We're good. It's all good. I'm not saying you open it up to Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Don't Instagram and go, my life sucks. No, you find those and you say, can you pray with me? My spirit is vexed. 
can you pray with me? Pray with me. Jesus was vulnerable. Have you done that lately? What's the byproduct of that? Oh, I'm fixing to show you. John chapter 18, verse 1. When Jesus had spoke these words, he went out with his disciples over the brook, Kidron, where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place. For Jesus often met there with his disciples. Then Jesus, Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Oh, they're about to get Jesus. <laughs> no, they're about to get God, right? Jesus, therefore, knowing all things would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Who are you seeking? No power. Who are you looking for? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. And when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. When you're vulnerable and you are in that place, but you stand up from that place and you recognize that the vulnerability has produced in you the I am no power and no weapon formed against you shall prosper. The anointing comes from when you recognize who you are. And they came to, listen to me. We read by this like it's nothing. Like we don't even understand what happened. So our minds, we just, and preachers, they just, and they get to the part where he cuts his ear off. What about the part where they were all slain in the spirit? What drew them back? You ever been around someone? You ever been around the anointing? I mean, the tangible, physical presence of the anointing and your knees just buckle. You ever had God show up in your life? Okay, forget a person. You ever had God show up in your life to such a degree where you couldn't do nothing but just cry? And you couldn't stand? So when they said, he said, who do you seek? Like Jesus didn't know. And they said, we seek Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am he. Power was released from his mouth. And they fell down and were slain in the spirit. The anointing is found not in who you are, but in who you are through who he is in you. It's in you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's in you. Well, this is a great story. So the next time the enemy comes up, because, well, you know, they took Jesus and they crucified him. Yeah, he did that. He died so that you and I don't have to. So the next time the enemy comes up and goes, we're here to get you. You've been sold out. And you go, who are you here to get? Now we're looking for Lawrence, Thomas. I am he. And just wait. And fall down. You carry with you. I'm not saying you access it all the time. I'm not saying you're conscious of it all the time. But what I'm telling you Russell, what I'm telling you, Miss Linda, 
What I'm telling you, Mr. Don, what I'm telling you, Sarah, what I'm telling you, Mama Cleveland, Grace, Ed, all of you, when you walk into a room, you're carrying the same manifest presence and power of God with you. That no mountain can move. No enemy's troop can come against you. That's the same power that you carry with you. Stand to your feet. There are some things that we got to die to. There are some things, there are some ways of thinking. There are some attitudes. There are some habits that we've got to die to because this time, this hour, this day, and this season is for the kingdom of God to be declared and expanded across the earth. But to get to that place, we've got to die to some things. Next week will be part two when we celebrate his resurrection. But I'm going to go ahead and get you ready. Next week's going to be different. It's not going to be the typical Easter message that you think. It's not going to be the typical fluffy he's risen. It's going to be that he, ris he rose for a purpose. He died and went on this journey and is taking us on this journey for a purpose. And for that purpose is for you. That purpose is for us to be capsules of the presence of God. And so that when we walk up to people, we're able to spill that presence on everybody. Every one of you have that ability. Every one of you have that nature and that life and that power residing on the inside of you. The question is, are we aware of it? Are we conscious of it? So close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you, not to give us something we already have. Not to give us the ability to release those things which we already have. But we're asking you to give us greater insight into what you've given us. I pray that the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. That this knowledge that we carry is for the purpose of releasing it into the world. Now say this with me. I am. I carry with me the manifest presence of the kingdom of God. The glory of God. At which no sickness, no disease, no sin can stand in its presence. That's what I carry. I am a conduit for the tangible presence of the kingdom of God. I will oh, be more conscious and aware of what I carry. And I will, I determine to release it. 
release it. Maybe you got somebody's face in front of your mind right now. Write it down. Maybe you got that person you ran into. Maybe you, you're seeing somebody. Write it down. Maybe the, word, maybe the Lord has given you a word right now for a person that you don't even know who that word for, but you're going to run across them tomorrow, and the Holy Spirit's going to say, there it is. Be sensitive. Let us be sensitive to that. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I got just a couple of announcements. Well, more than a couple. It'll be a few. More than two. Um, I have some announcements for us. Um, so Destiny Camp is going to be this summer. This is for the kids. But the deposit is due April 15th. So that's basically less than a week from now, actually. That's the ninth today. So that would be $20. That's the deposit, correct, Miss Laurel? Yes, $20. So that's do the 15th. So if you have any questions, it's going to be a great time for the kids to just really connect with each other. Um, and not just with each other, but with the Lord. But there's that aspect of, you know, the knitting together of the kids with each other that's so vital and so important, especially in a day and age like today where it's so easy for kids to be just disconnected socially because of social media, which is interesting. It just disconnects people. But anyways, it's going to be great, all right? So I'd encourage you, if you have any questions, there's brochures out there. Ms. Lowell will be more than happy to answer questions for you. I'll actually be going as well. I'm the chauffeur, but I, we're trying to get me a little spot, so we'll, we'll see what that looks like. Um, again, uh, Langston and Inez are still doing the Jesus Journey thing with uh, the help of some friends. I encourage you guys to come out. Um, it's on Friday nights. You guys have, what, two more left? or? One more, one more. So this is the last Friday night. So Friday and then Friday at 6.30 and then uh, Saturday at 10 a.m. And they'll let you know the location um, at the, the Friday night gathering. So that's at the Tifton Conference Center. If you have any questions, we have uh, little brochures out there. I've seen some around. I was walking downtown. I've seen some on the, on the, the, the windows and stuff. So that was pretty cool. Last but not no, yeah, last but not least, this Wednesday, all right, we're having a covered dish. But it's not just going to be a traditional Wednesday. It's not even going to be a traditional covered dish because God really has some things that he's been stirring in the church leadership and the elders that, and pastor that, that God's really wanting to, to share with all of us. That's man, woman, child. So we're all meeting here together, and we all need each family to bring a main dish and a side or dessert. So let me say that again. Main dish and a side or dessert, okay? So if that means you, let's just raise our hand and say, me, that I need to bring food. I need to bring a main dish and a side or dessert, all right? Whatever dish you want to bring, whatever side or dessert you want to bring, that's fine, okay? But it, it needs to be enough to at least feed your family and maybe just a little more, okay? So we'd rather have a little more than enough than not enough, all right? And then next week, next Sunday is what? It's Easter, amen? So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. It's going to be different. It's going to be fresh, amen? God's always about the new. He's always... He's, He's extravagant. He's always wanting to do new things. He's always wanting to do different. If we're bored, it's not his fault. You know what I'm saying? 
it's ours, you know. So, Father God, we just thank you that what you're doing. We thank you that that, that you're just amazing, and we just get to we get to be part of the journey that you've called and purposed us to be a part of. Every moment of it. <laughs> and Father, if there's areas in our life where where there's boredom or where there's you know it, it's not fresh, just blow a fresh and a new right now on that in Jesus' name. And we just thank you for it. We look forward to to next Sunday, just celebrating your resurrection. And we look forward to this Wednesday, God. I just, I speak just blessing over it. I just speak your favor, God, that the things you want to communicate will be communicated. That the heart that you want to communicate will be communicated in Jesus' name. We look forward to what you're doing and what you're wanting to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed. Be blessed.